We are officially back for another episode of SJHL Insider. It's Jeremy Corrigan. It's Clark Monroe. And this episode of SJHL uh, Insider is presented by SGI. There's a lot of S's in there. Of, of course, it has been a busy, busy, busy week uh, since last time we had the, the episode of SJHL Insider. Between games going on in the weekend, the SJHL Showcase, it has been a, a pretty whirlwind week when it comes to the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. Yeah, absolutely. If just first off, shout out to you for all the content you guys crushed this week. Shout out to Director Jordan in the back yeah, big shout for out getting for sure. that all set up and, and everything that he went going on there. Uh, shout out to the Tell crew for all the mm -hmm. broadcasts of all the games. Uh, all the highlights looked awesome. So uh, the event plex itself Itself, uh, the Legends Center in Warman, awesome job. And all the teams, I mean, f we saw, what, 12 awesome games over four days. And uh, it was a jam-packed week, like you said, Jeremy. I'm sure that you're going to hibernate a little bit after this. We'll, <laughs> and see. we'll see if I get to. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it doesn't look but, like I'm uh, going to, but we'll try our best. Fair I enough. mean, we'll try and get as much sleep as we can. And yeah. As you can kind of hear in my voice, I have a little bit of, I've been calling it the last eight hours, the Warman flu. Uh, kind of like the Vegas flu where I've been gone for so long that uh, come back and uh, now we're a little bit sick, but we're going to grind it through it and then we're going to get uh, to a busy weekend of hockey in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. But yeah, like you mentioned, uh, huge shout out to everybody at the SJHL Showcase because I think the event went off uh, without a hitch. A big shout out also to Bamboo Shoots who uh, helped put on the all the broadcasts and all the broadcasters that were a part of the uh, SaskTel broadcast. They did an amazing job, uh, all of them, and it was such a great, it feels like it was a week. Yeah. But it I was imagine. only four days, and it was a great four days of hockey at the Legends Center. Of course, uh, we'll get into all the games and everything like that. But, yeah, a big shout-out to all the sponsors, scouts, uh, fans who attended, very well attended, all the school kids that attended the games as well. There was, uh, I think we were talking about it before SJHL Weekly on Monday, um, the game that was taking place, uh, the first half of the game. Literally every seat was filled in uh, the Legends Center with either a scout or a, uh, a student from the school next door. And it made for a very uh, electric atmosphere. I do believe it was Humboldt and LaRange. It made for a very exciting, and it, you know what, I think it helped uh, a few of us broadcasters kind of uh, wake up a little bit because we're not used to doing the 10.30 a.m. games. Right, yeah. It did seem like a lot of fun. Every picture that was mm -hmm. shown, uh, the crowds were awesome there. And I even got a few messages of like, wow, that's it's a great facility, mm -hmm. you know, it is. future SJ type of stuff. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk about that over the years and we'll leave that for another episode, I think, sure. but it is a, it's a high class facility and they do a really good job there. And, and we've seen it now because of it's such a good facility. You know, you've seen some guys from Warman mm -hmm. coming up quick in the SJ ranks. And we talked about Karsten Cater and those mm -hmm. kinds of guys. So it's exciting to see uh, the development of the players as well coming out of that. And all the 16-year-olds right now in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League are out of that Warman AAA program. So kudos to Warman and uh, always a great host for the SJHL Showcase. They've been hosting the SJHL Showcase, I do believe, since 2013, 2014 when it was the all-star format. And then obviously since they moved it to this new format, which was I think the next year in 2014, 2015. But let's get into our uh, our hat trick yes. of, of topics. And uh, yeah, the first place we got to start is obviously the SJHL Going showcase. Going back to the showcase, let's bring up uh, Tuesday's results. Uh, gentlemen in the back here. Uh, so topic number one of the hat trick today, let's just have a look at some of these scores. Obviously on Tuesday, uh, you saw Melfort take a 4-0 win over Notre Dame. Uh, 
Flin Flon in Melville, you talked about this one on uh, the show on Monday, I believe, because it was mm. happening right when your show was going on. It was a barn burner, that one. Yes. the the I I mentioned on the Tell broadcast during uh, my post, during the second intermission, the final game, I said that I, I thought personally that was, for me, the game of the four days. Right. I think it was the most exciting. It was back and forth. Uh, both teams, you know, obviously you saw a 5-4 score, lots of great opportunities. Both goaltenders had to make some big saves. And, uh, I mean, you get an overtime goal 50 seconds in, and it was the first, the only taste of overtime we saw at the SJHL Showcase. So, for me, that was the game of... Yeah. Uh, of the four days, for sure. And yeah. when it came, when it comes to Melford and Notre Dame, I honestly thought Melford might get off to a little bit of a slow start playing at 10:30 and having to take the bus coming in uh, that morning. But they sure proved me wrong because they got three goals in the first period and uh, they cruised to that uh, four-nothing win. But it was a great day of hockey. You know, we saw that lopsided score between Battleford yeah, and, bring and, back up, guys, and Weyburn as uh, Battleford beat the Weyburn Red Wings eight-nothing. Uh, in that 4:30 game, it was a it was a really impressive performance by Battleford. Wayburn was Start missing, of course, some players. Yeah, Battleford had two goals on the power play. I do believe two shorthanded, and the rest uh, even strength as well. And then you have that Humboldt and Estevan game. I don't think you could ask for a better game to kind of cap off uh, the third day. Yeah, they yeah. all blend together. <laughs> I know. So you'll have to. I apologize <laughs> for having to. Uh, stutter a little bit when it comes to the days of which game took place because they kind of all blend together but that humble estevan game it was very similar to melville and flin flon right. very back and forth and i you know what it's considering the previous game for estevan was that 9-2 loss to the Weyburn red wings they played a very good hockey game and they probably deserved at least a point but the fact that the humble broncos they find a way to win and they get two goals late in the third period, and uh, they win 5-4. It was a great way to cap off day three. Let's look at day four now. If you want to bring that up on the screen, we can check out the uh, results from yesterday's games. Battleford snuck out a 2 nothing game uh, to, for a back-to-back -back shutout uh, performance at the showcase for Battlefords. Uh, we'll talk about Josh Cote in a minute. Um, but that was being hyped as maybe one of the games of the showcase uh, between two top teams, Battlefords. Uh, showed what they can do in that one. And then Nipawin uh, snuck away at the end of it with a 3-1 win over Estevan. So Estevan goes 0-2 in the showcase. Uh, but Nipawin shows... Because uh, they lost the earlier game, didn't they not, Nipawin? They lost 3 nothing on Sunday. Right. They probably had the most unique schedule I've ever seen at the SJHL showcase. Because usually these teams come in for the SJHL showcase and you play back-to-backs. Usually you play, what, like an afternoon game? Well, and then like maybe Laurent, a morning for example, game yeah. Or something like that, yeah. right? Or you play an evening game and then an afternoon game. But in this case, for the Nippon Hawks, they come in, they play the Sunday evening game, and then they get a couple of days off, and then they come in and they get to kind of cap off the SJHL right. showcase and take on the Estevan Bruins. And as a result, you know, they looked like the fresh team, especially in the first 20 minutes. Um, they had a lot of power play opportunities. There, there was a lot of penalties in that hockey game, whether they were uh, deserved or not deserved. That's up for discussion. But uh, there was a lot of power plays in that hockey game. Uh, and it was tough for either team to really kind of get any mo momentum on five on five. But yeah, yeah Nipawin uh, coming out and earning a 3-1 win. It, it wasn't pretty, but it was a win. But going back to that Melford Battleford game, if you like goals, obviously you're not going to like this game. But I think as a hockey purist, 
you're going to love this game because uh, it was it was tight checking. You had two veteran coaching staffs going head to head against one another, and in Braden Clamosco's uh, coaching staff of the Balfour North Stars and Trevor Blevins of the Melfort Mustangs, and really there wasn't much for high quality scoring chances, and, and when there was. Then you had two of the best goaltenders in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. So it was fitting that the only goal that was uh, scored, other than the empty net goal, was a seeing eye shot from the blue line that probably went through four or five bodies. And, yeah. and it really was a great game uh, yesterday morning. Yeah, I think it was you and Rory were talking about it on Monday's SJHL Weekly because uh, there was two this week. Make sure you guys go back and check it out on yes. the YouTube channels, uh, Facebook, wherever you watch Podcast, SJHL Weekly. Apple, uh, Spotify. Yeah, it's all there. Uh, but you and Rory were talking about how the goaltending we're getting, and we'll get to goaltending in a minute because mm -hmm. we do have uh, some discussion on that, but uh, I think the top goalies are starting to really show themselves, and this showcase was a great example of of not a uh, who they were, they they kind of asserted themselves, and b just how good they'll be. And we'll, again, we'll talk about the goaltending numbers in a minute uh, when we get to that coming up in a sec. Do we want to get to topic number two? Yeah, let's get to topic number All two. Right, and, now, and, and it's building off yes. uh, the showcase. Yeah, and we're gonna go with who were some of the top performers. Now we're gonna separate this into topic two and three. Topic three will be goalies. So guys, we have a graphic, so you can hold on to that for next topic. Uh, but this one we got just top performers. And Jeremy, I'm gonna rely on you here because you saw it first hand who are some of the guys who really stood out or maybe made a name for themselves in this uh in this show i want to call it a tournament but it wasn't a tournament i know i've been trying showcase. to i've been biting my tongue a lot trying <laughs> yeah. to say tournament and then some people at the showcase were calling it a tournament but it it wasn't it was just regular season games yeah. um you know it, you touched on it we're going to talk about the goalies so far this season but personally i do think a lot of the big performers in the tournaments were the goalies yeah um you know you talked about you know josh kotai or kote however you want to we'll pronounce figure it. that out eventually yeah, it's kote i think <laughs> uh kotai um he was obvious i mean there's enough you can say about him obviously when you don't allow a goal in two games very impressive i was really impressed actually by uh battle for north stars defender wilson Steele. Oh. he was the sjhl defender of the week or defenseman of the week last week um, and of course right after he was announced defenseman of the week he goes out and scores in each of his games for the battle for North Stars, and uh, yeah, they're a very uh, good team, and we'll obviously get into that yeah. uh, later on. I was also really impressed by Noah Wills for the Melville Millionaires. He's obviously going to be one of the top players in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League this season. Um, you know, he had a great. He, I thought he played very well in both of their games uh, for the Melville Millionaires. So. Um, I would give a big shout out to him as well for being a top performer, but I, there was a lot. Like it's hard to pinpoint um, top performers and, and just f a few standouts because right. I will say, like when you look at this SJHL showcase, you had 12 games and really only two of them were kind of lopsided. Mm -hmm. You know, you had 10 games that were very close and very good hockey games. Even uh, I look back at that first game of the tournament, for example, between the between the LaRange Ice Wolves and the uh, Kindersley Clippers. It was a 4-1 score for LaRange, but uh, LaRange, or rather Kindersley, played a very good ho hockey game, and they ran into a very hot goaltender uh, in Dawson Smith. So it, it's tough to just narrow it down to a few names, but there's a lot of great, uh, there was a lot of great performances to say the least, and you can see that in all the highlights that uh, we produced uh, from the SJHL Showcase on our YouTube page, yeah. Twitter, uh, go check Instagram, it out. Instagram TikTok, TikTok, yeah, go they're all, all those over places. A lot of great highlights. So um, there's a few names, but there's definitely a lot more 
And uh, we have to move on to our next topic. Yeah. Anyways, I don't want to sit here all day and no, that's uh, fair. talk about the topic. I'll wrap forms. that up with it's yeah. just great to see uh, there's some great offensive output coming right now. Yes. Uh, and I'm just looking at the stats right now as, as I scroll down. You go through the first two pages of stat leaders right now, and we'll get it maybe down the road sure. when there's more games played. But there's a lot of guys who are hovering around a point per game or well, more right Klein now. Klein and Battleford had a great tournament. Or yeah. <laughs> there it is. Uh, take a drink. Tournament. Uh, yeah, every time we say tournament, take <laughs> yeah, a drink. There no, you go. Uh, he had a great two games for the Battleford North Stars. Really all about Battleford. Yeah, they, had a really they're up there. Great yeah. tournament. But um, it's tough to narrow it down to just a few. But we will move on to our third topic of the hat trick here, and we're going to get into the goaltending. Boys, if you can throw up the goaltending graphic for us here. Here's as we sit. Now, we put the top six on here. The reason mm -hmm. I did that is because Logan Falk has only played two games for Kindersley. Uh, but the other five are all pretty pretty established in terms of the amount of games played that they have, the minutes they're, they're playing. And we look at the top, Josh Cote, we talked about him. Uh, Nine, a .94 goals against and a, .9, a .970, I should say, save percentage. Uh, 6-0 and so far, two shutouts. Uh, and then you go down the list, and there's some big names. In terms of big performances, I should say, big performances out of these guys so far. Um, I, it, from what you saw, Jeremy, I mean, there is already talk I've seen mm -hmm. around Twitter that Josh Cote is the runaway early candidate for goaltender of the year. Um, it's super it's early, early six yeah, games I into mean. a 50, whatever game season, but, um, his performance so far is pretty standout ish. Um, but was there somebody else who maybe stole your eye a little well, bit? Well, let's, let's start with, with him first. You know, he started the year. He wasn't even starting their first game of the, uh, <laughs> right. SJHL season with the Kindersley or against the Kindersley Clippers, I should say, but then an unfortunate injury, he hops in and he is, as Braden Clamosco told me in one of our post game interviews, he's really taken the ball and run with it. And yeah. he has been outstanding. And he's a big reason why this, the Balfour North stars are six and zero. but like even going into yesterday's game, he had a 1.15 goals against average. And I think it was a nine sixty four save percentage. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. he goes out, gets his second shutout in as many games. And now his numbers are hard to improve that. And he did. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I joked with, uh, with Nugsy about that on the broadcast. I was like, well, we'll see if he can improve those numbers. And, Lo and behold, he proved me wrong. Uh, but, I mean, he had such an amazing performance. Uh, let's go back. Uh, another player I know we were talking about at the beginning of the showcase was Caleb Allen in, in Yorkton because he has had an outstanding start to the season, and he was a big reason why the Yorkton Terriers got off to a 4-0 start, chatting with Matt Hare after uh, uh, their win their 3 nothing shutout win against the Nippon Hawks on Sunday. He even said, you know, he didn't think uh, the last couple of games they, they played to their full potential. But Caleb Allen really came in and, and stood strong. And, I mean, Caleb Allen comes in, uh, pitches a, I think it was 41 save shutouts against the Nippon Hawks Not on bad. Sunday. And he got credited for the last goal because uh, the Nipwin Hawks sent it back into their own empty net. And who was the last person to touch the puck? Yeah. Caleb Allen. And yeah. he's, he's at a really good uh, start to the year. I mean, uh, if you guys, if you can pull up the numbers back up, you had Joel Favreau as well. I mean, that game yesterday morning between Battleford and Melford was outstanding. And I mentioned earlier, the only goal that was going to, that was going to beat a goaltender was going to be the, type of goal we saw a, a floating wrist shot from the blue line that just got through a maze of people and fooled the goaltender but then Harmon laser Hume's another one for me you know he was with the Nippon Hawks last year yeah that was a really tough year for the Nippon Hawks a very young team and laser Hume 
gets traded in the preseason to the Flin Flon Bombers, and Mike Reagan said it to me after their win against Weyburn on Monday. That was Monday, right? I think, yeah, it sounds right. I get all the During days. the SJHL showcase. Yeah, let's just say during the showcase. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. he said that... Uh, they, they were always impressed by him in Nipwin. Right. And if they he became available, they wanted to bring him in um, because, he, you know, last year he faced a lot of shots. And honestly, since they've acquired him, he's been outstanding for them. And then, of course, we also have to quickly just briefly before we get to Nick, we have to touch on Dawson Smith as well in LaRange. Right. I saw him uh, last Friday in Flin Flon against the Bombers uh, in a 2-1 shootout win. He made four, he stopped four, uh, 44 of 45 shots in that game. Right. And quite frankly, it looked like he stole that hockey game. Like it was a very good game. LaRange definitely had their chances, but if it wasn't for him, I don't know if they would have got their win. They might still get that point, but uh, he was outstanding in that game. He was outstanding against the Kindersley Clippers in the Sunday afternoon game at the showcase, and uh, he's been off to a great start. We've been very spoiled yes. with goalies in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League this season. But I do believe our guest has logged in, so we're going to get go to our video chat where we're going to hear from the voice of the Weyburn Red Wings, Nick Nielsen. There he is. Hey, Nick, how's it going? Not so bad yourself, Jerry. I mean, we're, we're getting through the warm and flu, as I'm calling it. It's uh, after it's kind of like the Vegas flu a little bit where, uh, you know, you spend uh, a few days really there. The flu, we're yeah. It the flu. Yeah. So we're, we're fighting through. It's a gritty performance. Uh, let's start with Nick. I guess first and foremost, it was a tough showcase for the Weyburn Red Wings. A couple of tough losses. What did you see from the wings at the showcase? Uh, in the two games, it, it's kind of two different things. I think against Flin Flon in that first game on Monday, the Red Wings did put forward a pretty solid effort. The problem is, and it's been the problem in two of our three losses this year so far, is the guys made a bit of a trail to the penalty box. Flynn Flon was all over us because just over a minute into the first period of the first game, Red Wings end up going to the penalty or uh, going to the penalty kill, and Flynn Flon at the time their power play hadn't really gotten going, but they got some really good opportunities out of it because we gave them so many opportunities throughout the game. So. That was part of it there. And then, I mean, Tuesday, what do you even say about that game? You know, you lose 8 nothing. Maybe it's a bit of karma for how we were uh, against Estevan the Friday before, running up the score there. So I think, you know what, at the end of the day, when I talked to Cody afterwards, he had a smile on his face afterwards because, you know what, I think maybe the guys might have needed just to check in after that game on Friday, saying, you know what, the, you guys were not the – runaway favorite that all of a sudden we think we are after a big win and it's a bit of a reality check for the guys heading into a busy weekend here starting tomorrow yeah and i mean for the Weyburn red wings there's you guys are still a young hockey club as well too there's definitely going to be some growing pains as well so you know some of these lessons are are good to learn at the beginning of the hockey season absolutely you know what if you're going to see i, I mean eight nothing loss is never a good there's never a good time for no. that but you would rather see it at the beginning of the season while you're still figuring things out a little bit and rather than at the end of the season where you're pushing for a playoff spot and that can really hurt morale around the team. So, yeah, I mean, you never want to see a game go like that for you, but if we're happier it happened here now rather than uh, later on in the year, we can look, we're hoping that we can look back on this one as our worst game of the season. All right, let's talk about some positives. I know it was a tough showcase for the Weyburn Red Wings, but, you know, we're five games into the season. What are some positives that you've seen from this uh, young hockey club uh, moving forward? 
Well, I think one thing that we're really surprised with is just the amount of guys who we brought in who seem to be fitting into their roles really well. Uh, I'm sure we'll get to this later because it was asked about on Twitter, but, you know, guys like Ian Meyer, who was injured for a lot of last year coming back and stepping up to be probably our best defenseman through the first couple of games. And uh, Daza Mitchell, another guy who he was hurt off and on through times last year and through the first three games he's played, or sorry, four games he's played, he's got a 92% save percentage. So pretty happy with some guys like that. Um, We're really happy with our defensive depth. That was the biggest thing when it came to cutting down the roster to what it is to now was trying to find who are we going to cut, who are we going to get rid of. And it's it's been really great to see um, the offensive things side of things is where I think we're most surprised with because we knew coming into the season we were going to be good defensively and we were going to be pretty good in goal as well. Offensively was where the question marks lied. And I think we've got a good mix of some guys like Matt Reedy and Matthew Gauthier who can mix things up a little bit physically. And then you've got guys like Ty Mason and Kirk Mullen who have been really good offensively for us. Ty Mason doesn't have a goal yet, but um, he's warming up the more and more that he plays. He didn't get a chance to play any preseason games. So I think if there's any surprise for us, it's probably around how our offense has been and been able to put the puck in the back of the net in a number of ways. And do you know what? We, prior to bringing you on, we were talking about goaltendings or goaltending, and I wanted to talk to you actually about Daza in between the pipes for you guys because while he might not be in like the top five when it comes to numbers, you know he's been rock solid for you guys to start the uh, SJHL season. Oh, absolutely! And actually, he was top of the numbers in save percentage before that game against Flinflon. So he is one of the guys who I, we we do think that Daza Mitchell can probably be one of the best goalies in the league this year. Uh, Boston Gallowitz behind him is very, very talented as well. And I think the two of them together are going to be able to push one another to get better. And we're really happy with how Daz has been. I mean, whenever he's been in net, when it was preseason, he was solid in the shootout, which is an improvement from where he was last year. And he, when it has been him getting scored on in uh, regular, regular action, it's usually been coming through a tip or through screen or through a rebound that defense didn't get a chance to clear or something like that. So we're really happy with our goaltending tandem behind uh, between the pipes and uh, specifically with Daza Mitchell. You know, he's a guy who we think has a chance at being one of the best goalies in the league this year. He's still only an 04. Yeah, very, very young still. And uh, yeah, like you said, he's had a great start to the campaign. When you look at this Viterra division, I asked Nolan Kowal this last week, and I'm going to ask you this. Um, you know, this division for me, I, to me, it seems like the most wide open division. How do you feel about it? I would agree with that. I, I would absolutely agree with that. Esteban, not quite the same powerhouse that they were at the end of last year. Of course, right. no Centennial Cup, so it's a little bit of a different draw there, and I think they'll still probably pick up some pretty good players as the season goes on. Um, Melville, you know, they've got a really good group of three guys up front, Zach Kane, Nicholas Samso, and uh, Noah Wills, who I think Noah Wills legitimately has a very good shot at being the uh, scoring leader at the end of the season. Uh, I think Yorkton has really surprised a lot of people through the start of this season just because, you know, with the amount of players that they lost at the start then guys who they were expecting to get back and then they didn't get back, they have had some guys like J.D. Hall, Brett Butts, who have really stepped up and showed well. Caleb Allen was absolutely rock solid in net for them when we played them already. 
and that the only one that got in off him was kind of a spin shot from Jackson Hassman in tights. So, you know, Yorkton, I think, is a team that really has stepped up and surprised a lot of people. And from what I'm told already, we've been able to surprise a few people as well. You know, big win over Estevan. We get a big one at the start of the season over Melville. And, um, you know, we've got a lot of improvements on this team as well. So I think the Viterra division is wide open for the pick and whoever wants to take it. And, of course, we want to take it. So the Red Wings are going to give our best shot at it. All right. Before we get into some fun Twitter questions that we uh, asked people uh, from the SGHL account, I got one more question for you, and that's just about this weekend. You mentioned it. It's a big one for the Weyburn Red Wings. Three games and three nights, and luckily you don't have to travel far. Usually when you have to play three and three, you're usually out on the road. But uh, the good news is at least you guys are staying within a 100-kilometer radius. What do you expect from this weekend? Well, not only that, but we have a game at home as well, too. So we yeah. get a couple of, you know, we get a night to relax on uh, Saturday night heading into Sunday. But um, you know what? It's going to be tough. Obviously, the way things have went for Estevan in the last little bit, they're in a must-win situation on Friday. I think the Red Wings have a little bit of that must-win attitude themselves heading into the game tomorrow as well. Just with how things go after the showcase, you know what? The Red Wings, I think, need a they, they need to get back on track and bump things up here in this game on Friday. Um, Saturday, second game at home. We've got a lot of away games to start off the season, but later on in the year, we've got a lot of uh, a lot of stretches where we play a lot of games at home. So that's kind of nice to get some of these away games out of the way here early on. But happy to get started with our second game here against Melville at home, and then yeah, another one on Sunday. A quick turnaround, 4 p.m. against the Estevan Bruins in Estevan. So um, it kind of that's game on Sunday it kind of depends on how the game goes on Friday to see what it's going to be like but all three of them divisional games those games always mean the most and I mean they're teams that the Red Wings have beat in this early goings of the season so when you know you can beat a team it means that much more when you actually have these games coming up back to back that you know you should be able to try and do it again. All right, we're going to go to some Twitter questions now. One we got from Zach Martin. He asks, who should fans be watching more of on the Weyburn Red Wings this year? Well, a guy who I talk about a lot is Matthew Gauthier, and for obvious reasons, yeah. big, mean, along the walls and stuff like that. The things that he does well for this team are the things that don't get talked about a lot. You know, turning pucks over in the offensive zone, getting involved along the wall. A lot of the times plays start with Matthew Goche on that top line. Unfortunately, we won't have him for the game here tomorrow against the Estevan Bruins as he's finishing off the end of that suspension. Um, he's a guy who is going to be key for this team. Uh, another guy who, you know, there's obviously guys like Kirk Mullen and Ty Mason and Ian Meyer who get talked about a lot on this team. One guy who stepped up into a first-line role in the last game there was Mequon Tallman. He plays with a nice little bit of jam. He's not the biggest guy out there, but he's not afraid to throw a shoulder into some people. He's got some speed. He's got some hands to pass the puck around. He's been great. And another guy who I think has really improved since I last saw him was Jacob Kalen. He was here during the COVID year when I was still the voice of the Red Wings the first time around. And the improvements that he's made from that time to now that we have him back on the Red Wings are unreal. His shot when he has a chance to pull that trigger is just absolutely nasty. And I think he's going to surprise a lot of people with the goal totals he throws up this year. He's only got two so far through the first four, but uh, or through the first five at this point now. But he is, I think, someone who people can key in on. He's going to surprise a lot of people. All right. Our good friend Nugzi wanted to ask you, how quickly do you feel Ian Meyer has knocked off the rust after uh, you, you mentioned it earlier? 
He missed an entire mm-hmm. year of hockey. How how quickly do you think he knocked off the rust to being one of your guys' best defensemen? Well, it must have been pretty quick because when we were voting on our captains before the start of the season, he was right up there for a chance at wearing the C. And right. he's only played, what is it, 17 games here in junior hockey. Wow. And so Ian Meyer... The absolute the skill level that he has is just fantastic. He knocked I, I, the first time I really was blown away by how quickly he had come back was in our first preseason game. We weren't playing any of our veterans except Ian Meyer because it was his first game back in pretty much a year. And there was a couple times against Neverville where there would be you know after a guy takes a con- uh, uh, is out with a concussion for so long, you might be afraid of contact. You might be afraid of getting in tight with things and. Meyer was not. He's thrown some major hits already. That game against Niverville, there was one moment where he was skating behind the net and had guys closing in on him either direction. It looked like he was going to get sandwiched between them and just great finesse to sneak between the two of them. He's a huge leader out there. And the crazy thing is, like, he wasn't cleared to start working out again until August. So how he did it, I don't actually have an answer for you there. But he is clearly our best defenseman right now. And honestly, I think he's got a chance of being one of the best defensemen in the league and absolutely integral to the Red Wings right now. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You mentioned it. He's already played an important role for the Weyburn Red Wings this season. And, and we'll see how he is on the golf course later today, I guess too. So, Oh, is, are you guys going golfing or what? Yeah. A few of us, the defense, our assistant coach and myself and all the defensemen were going in a bit of a competition here, I guess. Oh, I'm boy. not sure whose team I'm going to be bringing down today, but yeah. we're heading out. The <laughs> You're not that bad of a golfer. Come on. Don't give yourself, give yourself a little bit of credit. I got one lucky round when you and I went to earlier this ah, year. Okay. So. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Quick, quickly, a couple more. Uh, our good friend, Kyle McIntyre, the commissioner of the SJHL wants to know how, uh, how a guy from Wilkie becomes a PXP guy in the uh, SJHL. Well, Wilkie's probably has something to do with it. Cause I think I'm the third radio guy out of Wilkie and, for sure, ten years, and it might be even closer to seven. So, um, I don't something know. Must be water. something in the water. Yeah, yeah, that, and you know, it it kind of gave me a good opportunity too. Coming out of Wilkie, of course, where the Wilkie Outlaws, we are one of the biggest senior hockey towns in sure. all of Saskatchewan. I got a love for the a lot of love for the Outlaws, and um, because of that, it gave me a lot of love for senior hockey. And so, I started the same place you did, Jeremy, right mm-hmm. in the Big Six Hockey League, and. Um, I had a lot of fun there, and I think it kind of – I think because I had that love for senior hockey, I put a lot of effort into the big six, and right. that's what worked my way up to SJHL level. And here we are. Uh, another one from Nugsy. Now we're getting into the fun questions, but uh, what do you think of uh, Cody Mapes' facial hair lately? <laughs> well, I said it on Twitter. I don't think I, – I, you're going to throw that picture up, aren't you? Uh, I, uh, maybe. <laughs> I saw you looking. We have, uh, we're not going to throw it up live. We'll put it in post production. Don't worry. <laughs> but no, I, uh, I'm, I'm not somebody who can chirp anybody about their facial hair. Is this mustache great? Eh, it's not. It's not for me. That's what I'll say. Okay, fair enough. Well, the Weyburn Red Wings will have an impressive uh, Movember campaign to say the least, between you and... Well, the guys will have better mustaches than I will. So. Oh, there you go. Okay, um, my final question for you, and I caught wind of this, oh boy, I think it was late last week. I need to ask, how was and how is doing both PA announcing and play-by-play 
for all Weyburn Red Wing home games because that, my friend, is not an easy task because they're very two different ways of announcing. Well, I've done PA announcing before. I actually was doing PA announcing before I did play-by-play a little bit in college and stuff. And once you have things set up, it's actually pretty easy. I know, um, like, you know, there's a couple announcements for league sponsorship, things like that, that, uh, you know, they, those are pre-recorded. You know, your opening face-off brought to you by so-and-so that gets pre-recorded, your last minute of play and stuff like that. So our music guy can handle a lot of the stuff that would break up the play-by-play call. Uh, The only things that I'm really doing the announcing on are player introductions at the start of the game when I'm not really doing anything on the call. Sure. And then your goal announcements and your penalty announcements. And I've actually heard from some parents and family members watching it on hockey TV and stuff. They actually really appreciate that the announcements are going right to the feed because a lot of the time some of that stuff kind of gets mixed in the – or missed in the shuffle Mm -hmm. and things like that. So hearing the full initial – the official uh, announcements on it. Apparently there's a lot of people who out there who've enjoyed it and it's fun being able to bring that energy into the rink and not just on the call too. hundred percent. Well, hopefully the Wayburn Red Wings get you like uh, like a big old box of fishermen friends or something like that for uh, Christmas or something to save your voice. Part of the contract. Oh, perfect. You're a smart businessman. You negotiated that <laughs> in. Well, Nick, uh, thank you so much for some time and hopping on the show. We really appreciate it. You're doing an outstanding job with the wings and have a great weekend because you're going you're gonna to be busy once again. Yeah, it's going to be a busy one. Thanks for having me on, Jeremy. And shout out to Clark behind the camera there, too. Ah, he's right beside me. It's all good. That is the play-by-play voice of the Wayburn Red Wings, Nick Nielsen. Always great chatting with Nick. Uh, I know he gave himself a little bit of a hard time on the golf course. I went golfing with him. He's not bad. He's not bad. You haven't gone golfing with him, have you? Uh, maybe back in the Estevan days when he was kicking around uh, Energy City. But uh, I can't recall. I, I'm not sure. But he, was, uh, he wasn't as bad as he said he was. I'm sure he's fine. No. Hi, Nick, by the way, if you're still hanging out. <laughs> yes, one of the good guys in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, too. Uh, he mentioned it, though, a busy weekend for the Wayburn Red Wings, three games and three nights. So uh, we might as well start talking about this weekend because uh, we have another 10 games on the schedule. Luckily, today, Thursday, when we're recording this, uh, everyone's getting, uh, all the teams in the SJHL are getting a day off. Not us, <laughs> right. but um, the teams are back on the ice. We've got four games tomorrow, so let's pull up the Friday games. Of course, we mentioned Weyburn against Estevan. Second time those two teams are meeting, but this time the first meeting down in Estevan at Affinity Place. We have Notre Dame visiting the Nipwin Hawks, the Humboldt Broncos. They're also playing three games and three nights this weekend. They're, they actually have to travel, though. This one's a lengthy trip. They're going to take on the LaRange Ice Wolves. And then a rematch of that really good game yesterday uh, at the SJHL showcase between the Balfour North Stars and the Melford Mustangs, this time in Melford. So Battleford will be looking to try and improve to 7-0 on the year. Humboldt looking to try and improve to 6-0 on the year. And I mentioned this during the SaskTel broadcast yesterday that uh, myself and Jamie Nugabauer were doing. I love that it's very unique. You don't see two undefeated teams remaining in the SJHL season, but they're in the same division, which makes it 
even more interesting and spicy yeah, down the stretch. And especially, you know, after Melford gets beat, I would say two not you know, two nothing by Battlefords and they're going back to their yeah. their home confines. Yes. Uh, another interesting fact about Melford too is I'm just looking at their team stats here. Their leading goal scorer is a defenseman. Uh, Leith Olofsson. Mm -hmm. So, you know, to see, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that team kind of develops because they just made a trade not that long ago right. as well uh, to get Ty Evans. Sorry, did Ty Evans, he, he came yep. in. Yep. Uh, so they got Ty Evans coming in and he's put up a bunch of assists this year already with LaRange. Mm -hmm. uh, so it'll be interesting to see, uh, is somebody on the forward group going to take control of that goal scoring for, for Melford or where are they going to get their goals from? Well, so. and I think the big thing is for Melford was they, they expected it to come from Ben Tkachuk, but uh, Ben suffered an injury in the first game of the showcase. He wasn't even in the lineup yesterday for that game mm. against the Balfour North Stars. They were missing it. Melford was missing a few guys, and they still went stride for stride with the Balfour North Stars. Trevor Blevin said during the broadcast he was very impressed halfway through the game with the team's performance, despite being a little bit short-handed. Um, you know, I actually I got a text from a, a friend who's a big fan of the Melfort Mustangs uh, this morning. And he said, uh, should I be worried about the Melfort Mustangs? And I said, absolutely not. You look at their schedule, too, that they've had to start this year. And I would argue they've had the toughest schedule of any That's team fair. in the SJHL. You know, you have to play, you have to play Humboldt twice. You have to play Battleford. Now you're about to play Battleford once again. You played Flin Flon on opening night. Uh, it's been a it's been a tough start, like schedule wise, for the Melfort Mustangs this season. I'm not too worried. I still think they're going to be one of the top teams in the league. You have Joel Favreau in between the pipes. You have one of the bigger and better to, uh, blue lines in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, and it should be interesting to see. Uh, you know, going back to the Northern Lights Palace, we know how uh, tough. It is to win at the Northern Lights Palace yes. this year. Um, so that game should be really interesting. Always and I, hi there. I highly recommend if you're in the Melford area, that's going to be a really good uh, game. To just go one more on that. We, we talked about Josh Cote earlier. Tyson on our TikTok live feed is just checking in. He says, how about that Starford Stars goalie, Josh Cote? I mean, we talked about him a little bit already. Mm -hmm. um, but again, he's coming in now against Melford. Just got a shout out against them. He's going to see them again. Uh, and I always wonder, you know, it's kind of like a starting pitcher in baseball. Sure. When you see a team twice in a row, mm -hmm. like does that team kind of pick up on something the first time that they try to exploit the second time? Mm -hmm. And it, like you said, Josh Cote, uh, he's kind of been the guy for Battleford. So there's some tape on him now. So, you know, maybe maybe there's something there that they, they pick up on. And Trevor, Le Trevor Blevins, like you said, is an experienced coach. He's the type of guy that will pick up on that kind of stuff. So I'm curious. I'm very curious. That's a good matchup. Yes, and I've always thought, too, if you're playing a team back-to-back -back or, you know, especially on back-to-back -back nights, mm -hmm. um, it's always tough to beat a team twice in a row. Very. So we'll see how Malfort responds. I think they'll be energized going back home. And uh, not having to play, I think a big thing, too, is not having to play at 10.30 well, again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. they played both of their games. I felt bad for them. Both their games at the showcase, they had to play at 10.30, yeah. which, you know, we know with these junior A hockey or junior hockey players in general, uh, they're creatures of habit. You know, they like routine. Yeah. They're not used to getting to the rink at 8.30. Probably the last time they got to the rink at 8.30 to play a hockey game was probably Adam. Yeah, at so, an actual tournament, not at, at a showcase. At an actual tournament and not at the SJHL <laughs> yeah, showcase. Exactly. So that'll be a really good game. But, yeah, I'm interested about Weyburn and Estevan. I think both teams, Nick kind of alluded to it, I think that's going to be a game where uh, both teams are really going to be looking for a win. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Weyburn coming off that really tough loss to Battleford. And I'm sure Estevan, um, you know, I think I still think they deserved something out of that sure. Humboldt game. But it, it, it was a really good performance. But they probably would like um, – 
like a bounce back performance following that nip win game. So a lot of good games on Friday, but there's also a lot of good games on Saturday as well. So we'll pull those up. Nip went goes up to Flin Flon to visit the Bombers. Uh, Weyburn, like Nick mentioned, plays host to the Melville Millionaires. The second game in a row, Humboldt versus LaRange. And then the Melfort Mustangs play host to the Notre Dame Hounds. We mentioned it's going to be a busy weekend for the Humboldt Broncos. They have uh, the two games in LaRange. And we'll see at that point, obviously, on Saturday, whether or not uh, they're still going to be undefeated on the season. And it'll, it'll be interesting, I think, going down the stretch. You know, Humboldt's, you know, after they beat Estevan, too, um, it's worth mentioning that game against Estevan that they beat the Bruins 5-4, that was their fourth game in five days. And now they finally get a few days off, but now they got to play three and three once again. So I think it's going to work out. Uh, oh boy, this is going to be bad math on my part, but it's going to work out to I think about seven games in about ten days. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a lot of a games lot. in a short amount of time. It Jeremy. is, and that's a lot of hockey. So we'll see how the Broncos go down this or down in this trip. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, playing three and three in two very, I would say, two very difficult rinks to play in the SJHL. Yeah. Um, two being in LaRange, and then we'll get to the last one uh, just in a moment. And then, obviously, Nick mentioned it, that big divisional matchup. I think with a Viterra division this year, I think all those divisional games are going to be crucial for all four teams when it comes to a trying to win the division because I still think uh, everyone I've talked to thinks that division is wide open. And uh, two, you know, just kind of spacing yourself out, you know, from other teams, because if not, it's going to get very congested in that Viterra division. Well, it is, I, I'm looking at it right now, and you say, uh, you know, looking at Estevan, just sure. for example, they got two games against Weyburn this weekend. They win those two games, and all of a sudden, you know, kind of they're right back into the mix. And again, exactly. it's very early, but mm -hmm. a couple of wins right now, because it's early, mm -hmm. really gets you right back into it. So uh, if they're looking at this weekend as an opportunity to kind of get themselves back on track, which mm -hmm. I think a lot of Bruins fans are thinking, like, when's that going to happen? Because obviously there's still a lot of expectations yep. in that town. Uh, but it, it's a big weekend for a lot of these teams because, uh, you know, we've said it before, uh, and it is important to remember, like, I know that everyone always says it's not how you start, it's how you finish. But sure. how you start sure helps. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, those first 10 games of the season were only five in for most teams. Uh, Estevan's already played seven. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you look at it that way, these first 10 games are really big in terms of separating. Like, if you look at the Global Egg Risk Solutions Division, sure. Battleford's and Humboldt, 12 points, 10 points. Before, below that, four and two for Kindersley and Notre Dame. That's a big gap. And I'm sure it feels even bigger for those teams mm -hmm. uh, right now who are on the looking up at those guys. So uh, it's really big for these teams to get a couple of points early. And if they can this weekend, that'll be a big, big boost for Estevan, especially, but uh, all the teams that are in tough right this weekend, it's a big weekend. Yeah, it is a big weekend. And uh, you know, the divisional games are always so important. Uh, at any time of the year. And you mentioned it. I think, too, this year with the amount of parity in the Saskatchewan mm -hmm. Junior Hockey League, a good start to the year is really going to help, you know, the, those teams because it's going to be hard to play catch up. I think that's going to be exactly. a big thing when you get uh, to the you know middle part of the season and the end part of the season. Yeah. All right. Finally, Sunday, two games on the schedule. Um, some earlier start times. Wavered and Estevan playing a four o'clock game down at Affinity Place. And then the third game in three days for the Humboldt Broncos going into the Whitney Forum. Uh, going to be a very tough game against the Flin Flon Bombers, a rematch of last year's 
semifinal that uh, the Bombers ended up winning. But, you know, we talked about the Weber and Estevan game. I guess really depending on how that first game goes, Nick mentioned it, um, it's going to really deter, like determine how that second game, like how important it is for that second game. Like, because whoever drops that first one on Friday, you're looking at Sunday and you're probably thinking, you know, we we definitely need uh, to claim this one. And then Humboldt and Flin Flon, obviously the Bombers, the Sherwood division so far has been also extremely tight. Very you know, tight. Very tight when it comes to uh, teams, you know, winning and losing. It's Nobody's really separated themselves just yet in that division, which isn't a bad thing either because, you know, that keeps everybody in the mix. But Flin Flon will obviously be looking for a big two points against Humboldt. And usually when you have a team coming in for their third game in three days, you you want to try and take advantage of a team that uh, has played a lot of hockey in a short period of time, especially because they're going to have to travel also to Flin Flon. Oh, a lot of traveling. And, uh, you know, we kind of almost, I, I look back to the showcase a little bit as a reference sure. for this, but you look at what LaRange had to go through, obviously driving to Warman and then playing a late night game on the Sunday mm -hmm. and then that early morning game. Mm -hmm. And it was close. That game, I'm, I'm looking back, you know, LaRange had it close for a little bit, but then it just kind of got out of hand a little bit in the second half. So if Flin Flon uh, can play a game where they basically just keep at it and mm -hmm. keep pushing and keep uh, pressuring, I think you might see the legs by the second period, third period. It, that's when it's going to be a big test for Humboldt. And can they keep... Can they keep those legs going, or is it going to be a little bit too much? I mean, it's it's a lot to ask in three games. Is, it is. It's tough. It's not yeah. easy. And going back to the LaRange thing, too, they played in Flin Flon on the Friday. <laughs> right, Had yeah. the Saturday off, played in Warman on Sunday, and right. then played the early morning game on uh, the Monday. But with that being said, you, you never know with three and three, I find, at the Junior A level, too. The one team that really stood out to me at the, the showcase that I was really impressed with picking up a win in their second game was Kindersley. And that's because they played on the Saturday night at home, a 7.30 start. They lose in a shootout to Melville. Then the next day they go to Warman. They play the LaRange Ice Wolves in an afternoon game at about 4.30. They, you know, they, play, they played a good hockey game. They just ran yeah. into Dawson Smith, who, who played a unbelievable. Top five in, in the league And then your third right now, yeah. game in three days... Let's bump it up to a different time slot, 1.30. You're going up against a team that's 4-0. And they end up pulling out a 2-1, a gritty 2-1 win against the Yorkton Terriers. And I talked to Ken Plaquin after the game, and he said it's, you know, everyone was saying, oh, it must feel good to get the monkey off your back. But they were playing some really good hockey, and they were in almost every game they had been in this year. But uh, So it's always interesting to see how teams respond to three games and three three nights or yeah. three days. It, it's a real big test of character of the It's team. a big test, and we've seen – you know, we've seen examples of this, you and I, in the past, you know, sure. our time in Estevan and just hearing stories from other junior hockey teams and working around, you know, junior hockey in general. Mm -hmm. Those Sometimes those road trips are the best thing for you, even if they're a little tough. Yeah. Even Especially if you might at the lose a couple of games. Yeah. Beginning of the year, you know, get to know each other really quick. You, you get to know each other on those bus trips. Uh, <laughs> you just do. Uh, so, I mean, it might be, maybe it's for the best. Uh, even if it's a little bit of adversity, you might, maybe you lose a game or two. Um, it's really great for the team to kind of, get through that yeah it yeah. should be really interesting yeah so like we mentioned humble playing three and three this weekend Weyburn playing three and three but um two very very different three games yeah. uh in three nights Weyburn doesn't really have to travel more than a hundred kilometers they're going down to Estevan twice and they have a home game in the middle of it against Melville whereas 
Humble has to travel to Larange. Play uh, I don't envy any team who has to do a Larange, Larange, Flin Flon road trip. That's not easy for anybody. So. No, <laughs> actually, I remember my first year in broadcasting. Actually, my very first road trip, road trip on the road. Young twenty-year-old Jeremy on the bus with the Kindersley Clippers. Our first road trip. We do Flin Flon, Flin Flon, Larange. Ooh, backwards. Nice. Yeah, and we had lost the both uh, the first two games in Flin Flon. Mm. We go into Larange. We were down four-one going in the third. And I was like, oh, I was well, upset. I was like, it's like, oh, yeah. no, I'm not going to get to call a win this trip. That sucks. <laughs> right. Well, Gindersley came back. They scored three goals uh, in the first, like, 12 minutes of the third period, got it to 4-4, and then they scored the game winner with 0.5 seconds on the clock. There you go. It was wow. unreal. And that's, wow. and that's, like, prime example of you never know with three games and three nights. Yeah. Would you say that that's – Okay, I got a question here on TikTok from okay. Tyson again. And sure. that, maybe this is the answer to that. Sure. Uh, but off-topic question. Best game you guys ever seen live in the SJHL? Would that be up there for you? For that me, one? yeah. I and think you've it seen would. a lot. Yeah, that was, that, was, that was one of them. It always yeah. stands out because, um, because I think it was only my third or fourth career game I actually got to call right. on the radio. Yeah. And I think it was one of the most crazy, like, craziest games I've ever called. I'm trying to... I, Take me a second to think of one. I mean, that's a big question. That's a big question. Yeah, that's a very, because I've seen a lot of hockey games. Yeah. So mine, the one that sticks out to me, and I was actually just talking to somebody about this uh, recently, uh, was our first, my first year in in Estevan, uh, 20, what was that? 14, 15. And I think it was our teddy bear toss night. And uh, I had never done a teddy bear toss game as a staff member before. I had seen them and whatever. And uh, I think we were playing Melville, I want to say, or Yorkton. Uh, and it was 0-0 with five minutes left in the third period. Oh, so I, I was panicking because as the guy who's like yep. running the game, I was like, what happens if we don't score? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's and, always that's always a worry yeah. of me too. Like even just as a broadcaster and a member of the media, I do feel for the teams that are hosting Teddy Bear Toss nights. I, I just hope the teams score yeah. early, yeah. get it kind of over with. But I think I know which game you're talking about. And I want to say, uh, I want to say Zach Douglas. Shout out Zach. I think he scored the goal, maybe. Uh, and you know, everybody, the the energy in the building sure. that night was actually like it was crazy. It wasn't mm-hmm. our biggest crowd that I've ever seen, right. but the energy was just up there. Uh, he scored the goal. It was awesome. We had tons of teddy bears on the ice, and then we scored again, like right after that as well. And sometimes it's that, yeah, you've seen it. Like usually, I think a lot of times in teddy bear toss nights, the teams are always so fired up and everything like that that they you know they usually get the goal early on but then after that uh sometimes you'll get a case where you run into a hot goalie or something like that and then the anticipation and the build for it yeah is almost better start squeezing the stick too much i think right it's it's always interesting for sure uh before we wrap things up clark i guess your final thoughts going into uh this weekend's games what are you looking at what game uh kind of stands out to you it's that battleford melford's game on is that tomorrow night so it's a big friday night kind of spectacle at northern lights right the spectacle uh so that's that's going to be a big one for me but i want to see how these three and threes how these teams react to the three and threes uh, that's going to be a big sign as to what kind of teams these are. Mm-hmm. So that, those are the two things for me that's going to, that are going to stand out. Uh, worth mentioning. Well, well, we read off the schedule, obviously, but uh, Kindersley has the weekend off. Ooh. They're getting some well-needed rest, and so are the Yorkton Terriers. Put up your feet. Um, they're, <laughs> they're getting the weekend <laughs> off as well. I, I'm curious. Um, the one thing to me I, I want to know on Monday, are we going to still have some undefeated teams left? Right. That'll be a big one. It'll I mean, be a, yeah, I'm there? interested. Obviously, right now, right? Humboldt has three and three. So uh, that's going to be a 
If they, I'll be really impressed if they can win three and three all yeah. on the road. And they definitely no. have the team to do it because they're going to be one of the top teams in the mm-hmm. league. And so is Battleford. And Balford just has the one going into Melford. So that'll be um, kind of some eye, uh, things I'm looking up, uh, at too. But like the Estevan Weyburn, I think two games in Estevan, I think are going to be crucial for the Bruins too if they want to get back uh, kind of in that Viterra division race right. like you mentioned earlier. But a lot of good games on tap this weekend. And I'm sure. excited too. You know, we, it's, it's always too early in the first 10 games to mm-hmm. look at scoring leaders and we looked at goalies today and that's sure. that's different because there are some goalies who've been in some workloads uh so that's fine but yeah. I'm, I'm ready to st- i love start to talk about this the scoring leader battles sure. and that kind of stuff and once you get into that 10 to 15 game range you can really start looking around the league at that so uh you know who's stepping up for which teams and who's maybe not so much and all that kind of stuff so that'll be exciting by next week mm-hmm. uh you know teams are going to be creeping up on 10 games some of them uh so we'll be uh be able to talk about some of that stuff a little bit more so that's that's always exciting for me and but, i've always uh, said too you know prior to 10 games you can't really hit the panic button on any no, any team or anything like that too not. i've been saying that to jamie i've been saying that to rory as well on sjhl weekly uh they might disagree a little bit but i i i've always said you, you gotta let some teams gel yeah and i think the teams that are having the most success so far this season in the sjhl are the teams that are returning a lot of players like Battleford had, you know, around 16 players coming back right. and that continuity and that familiarity with uh, Braden Klamasco's systems. It's, we said it's that obviously about, proven that it's, it's working. Yeah. We said that last week on the show It's just mm-hmm. in turn. I think we we're talking about Estevan at the time because Nolan sure. was on. Yeah. And I think it was just, uh, you know, one of those situations where there was quite a bit of turnover there. They had a, an older team last year that turned over a lot of guys, a whole new leadership group, right? Like they have, they have a, you know, a new starting goalie. They got mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, their leading scores are all gone from last year. Sure. So the guys have to find their roles. We talked about this, find their roles. You know, some guys were third liners last year. Now they're first liners. Right. So they got to adjust to having that extra ice time and extra situations and all those things. And that's not just Estevan. That's a lot of teams. Um, so uh, yeah, not panic time yet. Let's it's everyone's still trying to figure out where they land and where they, all the cookie crumbles as yep. they say. Uh, so it's it, again, a big weekend. And by next week, uh, this show will have a really interesting kind of snapshot as to where everybody's at. Let's get to Thanksgiving, and then we'll uh, then we'll reevaluate and take a look at yes. uh, all the different uh, teams where they're at, and then we can kind of figure out where yeah. everyone's going and how everyone's looking to start the season. So another big ten games on the schedule in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League uh, this weekend. Of course, um, if you can get out to the rinks because there's a lot of great games this weekend for sure, and there's a lot of parity in the SJHL this year too. So as a result, you know. A lot of games have been very exciting to start this Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League season. But, of course, if you can't get out to uh, the rinks to watch any of the games, you can watch all the games on Hockey TV. But that's going to do it for us here for uh, Episode 3 of SJHL Insider. A big shout-out to our presenting sponsor, that being SGI. And for Clark Monroe, my name's Jeremy Corrigan, and this has been another episode of SJHL Insider. (laughs) 